Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and today we're going to talk about habits and routines. And I wanted to do this episode on habits and routines because someone wrote in and said, Corey, I know what I need to do to be happier, but I keep doing the opposite. And that's when I realized I haven't talked enough about the different layers of growth. First comes the wisdom, the knowing better. Then comes the change in behavior. And so there are things that we can do to bridge that gap that can help us to solidify the behaviors that we want, things that we want to improve in our lives. For example, you know that if you drunk dial your ex, you're going to regret it tomorrow. You know if you eat a whole bag of Oreos in one sitting, you're going to feel sick to your stomach. But we do these things anyway. And we do them anyway because wisdom comes first. Knowing better comes first. We know not to do these things, but we do them anyway. Behavior comes second. So actually stopping ourselves from eating the whole bag of Oreos or stopping ourselves from drunk dialing the X that we know we should not be drunk dialing (laughs) because they're terrible. So if there's a difference between knowing something and doing something, if there's a difference between wisdom and behavior, what can we do about that? Because obviously it's the behavior that's making us miserable, right? We keep doing the things that we don't think we should be doing. How do we stop that? Well, the good news is, is that we can change it. There is quite a bit of scientific research especially in recent years, backing the idea of neuroplasticity, which is our ability to change our behaviors. And just a little bit more information on that to kind of help you visualize what I'm talking about in case you've never heard of it. Think about the grooves in your brain as being the neural pathways that you've created through your habitual habits. Habitual habits, that's redundant. You know what I mean. (laughs) Through your habits that I don't want to call it bad habits. That's the reason why I'm struggling with the word. But in these things that you do, you do them repeatedly and it creates these, quote, grooves in your brain. And grooves in this context typically refers to the neural pathways, the connections that form in our synapses. And neural pathways are essentially the networks of interconnected neurons, the nerve cells in our brain that allow for the transmission of electrical and chemical signals in the brain, which is all just a fancy way of saying your thinky thinky parts fire off and you do a certain behavior because that happened. And the reason why it goes like that is because you've created this, quote, groove in your brain through repetitious behavior by doing something over and over again. You would think, oh, then I'm going to be stuck doing this forever, right? I'm going to be doing it forever and ever because I've made a groove in my brain. But that's the good news is that they're figuring out that because we have this plasticity in our brains, we're able to essentially change the grooves. So you can replace your bad habits with different ones. And I didn't want to use bad habits, but look, it just happened. It's so easy to slip in there. (laughs) The reason why I'm getting really fixated on this term of good habit, bad habit is because I don't want you to develop from me a tendency to judge yourself that way, to say, oh, this is good or this is bad. 
I want a little bit more neutrality in the way that we look at ourselves, but also this idea that maybe you deserve to be punished for something or it's your own fault because you have this bad habit. There's just a lot of language and negative connotation around that word, bad habit. So if I slip up and say it again, that's a behavioral issue. (laughs) That's a neuroplasticity. I'm still trying to reprogram, so work with me there. But essentially, you can learn something new. You can create new experiences for yourself. You can create neural pathways, new neural pathways for yourself by learning to do a different thing, by repeatedly creating the circumstance that you can do that over and over again, essentially. In that repetition, you'll make a new pathway. But right now, because you have the old neural pathway, it's why there's this dissonance between what you know is better for you and then what you're actually capable of doing. And so we tend to give ourselves a really hard time about that, about the fact that we know better, but we do silly things anyway. And it's simply because we haven't created those new grooves. So my recommendation for creating these new grooves are to create new routines and new behaviors. Because again, repetition and consistency is the key. That's how you make a new groove. And I want to start by just giving you a little bit of a breakdown of my routine or the things that I incorporate into my daily life that I feel is best for me. Things I had to train myself to do. And so in the morning, I have a routine around my mental health. And the things that I like to do are meditate, journal, my affirmations. I also like to cook for myself if I'm going to cook because I have a lot of resistance to cooking. (laughs) And so I know I have to do it earlier in the day or I'm really going to struggle. And then that creates this whole snowball effect of me eating poorly throughout the day, me grabbing a lot of quick snacks, but then actually eating a healthy, nutritious meal. And so it's essential that I do that earlier in the day or the whole day is lost. (laughs) And so I built a routine around these things that I want to do in the morning. And so meditation, the journaling, the affirming, the making a nice meal for myself, something healthy, that all happens first thing in the morning because I know that if I let the day get away from me, then I'll be telling myself things like I don't have time to do this and so it won't happen. Part of that routine is when it is done, and for me, again, morning placement, first thing, when I'm my freshest. The other thing is any kind of time restraint. So for example, when I'm traveling or if I'm not at home, it feels harder to do the morning routine. Sometimes because I'm on someone else's schedule, I'm not on my own schedule. Sometimes it's because maybe there's other things going on in the day or maybe there are other people with me and I feel like I can't do it. And so in order to keep that repetition and consistency, what I do is I do a truncated version of the original routine. So for example, at home, let's say that the meditating, the journaling, the affirming, the cooking, anything else I want to do in the morning, all of that takes two or three hours. Let's just say it takes three hours for the sake of this example. But when I'm traveling, I don't have three hours in the morning. So what do I do? I truncate it down as much as possible. So instead of meditating 30 minutes, maybe I'll tell myself I just have to do 10. Maybe instead of, oh, exercise is the other one I forgot at the morning routine. Maybe instead of exercising for my whole hour-long walk, maybe I will just do 10 minutes of yoga in the morning. Maybe instead of doing five pages in a journal, maybe I'll just write one page. So I truncate it down, but I make sure that everything is still in there. Because again, consistency and repetition. So I want to do the same things over and over again. And then I also have a nighttime routine. Generally, nighttime and bedtime routines are easiest for me to enforce because they're the end, the beginning and the end of the day. (laughs) Brilliant 
brilliant explanation there. Morning and nighttime, beginning and end. But the reason why they're so effective is because it's generally the day itself that gets away from us, right? We have responsibilities, we have other things we have to do, we get carried away with the movement of the day, the demands of the day. And it's harder to do something in the middle of the day, I think, when all those other things are happening. And so it's safest to train yourself to do something first thing in the morning and then at night before you go to bed. Because no matter where you are and what you're doing, you probably have a little bit of time, the beginning and the end of the day, regardless. And so I like to make those my routine spots, so to speak. And so my evening routine is similar. It's winding down. It's trying to calm my mind, get ready for bed. And I put in some healthy things for that as well, like my skincare, like reading, like relaxing in bed, trying to go to bed early enough, that kind of thing. And so I encourage you that if you have something in your life that you're trying to train yourself not to do, you're trying to train neural pathways, you can go about it a couple of ways. You can create a routine at the beginning or end of your day that will help you to reinforce some of these behaviors because I don't know what it is that you want to change. Or if it's something more situational, like the calling of an ex, (laughs) you're going to have to look at the triggers rather than the time of day. And I'll talk you through that a little bit more in a second about how to look at triggers if you're trying to deal with something situational. So developing a good routine. We know that developing routines are good for productivity because there are probably about 5,000 books out there telling you to do that for your life. (laughs) I want to look at it more from this angle of well-being, of taking good care of yourself, of having a good relationship with yourself. And so when I say to you, set clear goals and prioritize your tasks, don't think of it from this very capitalistic perspective of how can I be of more use to other people? How can, you know, the company or someone else get the best out of me? How can I be a superman, superwoman and do 5,000 more things a day? No. When I say set clear goals, I want you to think about clear goals for your well-being. So, for example, one of my clear goals about meditating and journaling is to raise awareness because the more aware I am of my emotional state and my surroundings, the more likely I am to catch myself before I spiral, (laughs) before I spiral out of control emotionally. So that's a goal that is targeted on a well-being aspect rather than a productivity seeking external validation for my self-worth kind of goal. So think about your goals for your well-being. Like maybe you really want to sleep better. I feel like everyone I've ever met ever, we all struggle with our sleep. So maybe your goal is to be a better sleeper. Maybe your goal is to eat better food, to nourish your body better, rather than treating it kind of like a workhorse that you just throw (laughs) things into whenever you think about it. Maybe you want to be more in touch with your dreams, with your ideas, and so you want to journal more so you can kind of get in your head and see what really excites you and what you're living for, what your creativity is. I'm thinking specifically of pillar three stuff, connection to the creativity, to your spirit, to your big dreams and aspirations, things like that, what your perfect life might look like. And so figuring out what your goals are will determine the routine because the routine should serve your goals. There should be a clear connection between the two. I want to have a very calm and peaceful mind. I want to have a very calm and peaceful life, for example. And so my vehicle for doing that is meditation. And so meditation must go in the routine, if you can get what I'm saying here. Whatever it is that you put in the routine should line up with your goals. If it doesn't line up with your goals, 
that can mean a lot of things. It could mean either that you're being influenced by someone else, like maybe the world is telling you, no, your goal should be to run 10 miles in the morning and you're doing it, even though it's not really what you want or need in your life, something like that. And if that's the case, probably you need a little bit more time to figure out what it is that you want versus what the world wants for you. That's a whole different episode. (laughs) (laughs) that I should probably circle back to and write soon. Let me know in the comments of this episode or email me and let me know if that's something that you really struggle with if you wish that you knew more about what you want versus what other people want for you because it is hard to know. Anyway, I don't want to get distracted, but this idea of get clear on what you think will be best for you and your well-being, then reverse engineer it and look at the tasks that you could do to meet that goal, to serve that goal, and then figure out how much time you need at the beginning or end of your day to work toward those goals, to do the tasks that you think will create more of the result that you want in your life. So just to give you a little more concrete example of this, let's say that my number one priority in my life was to be less emotionally reactive. Maybe I knew that in general, my life was super stressful. I tended to get really stressed out, a lot of anxiety. I snap at people. I don't like being at the mercy of my emotions, my difficult emotions. And so I tell myself, okay, obviously I need to work on this to improve my well-being and my quality of life. And so in order to do that, I'm going to create a routine that helps me to work on this. And so in the morning, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes because maybe you've never meditated before or you don't have a ton of time. I'm going to do 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes before bed because I know I'll have at least 10 minutes at the start and end of the day to do this. And so you pick those items. And then maybe you also have something situational like I'm also going to get a therapist to help me work through my emotional reactivity. And I'll see them once a week that kind of thing. So now you've identified your goals and you've identified the tasks that you can use to support that goal. And it might require that you do some prioritization of your tasks. So if you can identify the most important task or activity that aligns with your goal and then focus on that. So for example, let's say that maybe I only have 20 minutes in the morning. It's a really rushed day. And I still really care about all the things that I listed before in my longer routine, right? The meditation, the journaling, the affirming, the feeding myself well, the getting a bit of exercise. I need to have a good sense of my mind of what is my non-negotiable, what must I do no matter what my schedule allows. And then also how might I meet that need in other ways in order to kind of compensate. So for example, let's say I know I'm going to get out the door late that day. I've only got 15 minutes. And maybe I tell myself, okay, I'm absolutely going to spend 10 minutes of that meditating. and I'm going to spend five minutes of that journaling. Then I'm going to do my affirmations in the car. And then I'm going to walk everywhere all day and to get those steps in. And then I'm going to order healthy food when I'm out. Yes, I'm going to have to pay for it, but it'll be a compromise because I can't cook at home today. That kind of thing. So you kind of plan for it. And you also think about the prioritization of what's most important. Because there'll be days maybe that you only have five minutes and you can only do one of the things that matters. And so for me, that would probably be meditating or journaling because I find the most mental stability from either of those tasks. So I would tell myself, I've literally only got five minutes today. And if I only got five minutes, what do I do with that? And I'm like, well, I should probably sit down and do some breathing. (laughs) Especially if I'm feeling really rushed, I should sit down and do some breathing for five minutes to get me started for the day. So that way you haven't abandoned your goals or your ambitions for yourself, but you have 
a clear sense of your priorities or what must be done in what order if you are forced to pare it down in any way. I would also really encourage you to start small because, again, like the meditation example, if you've never meditated before, it's great to have a goal or ambition of I'm going to be someone who meditates for 30 minutes every day or an hour every day, but you're probably not going to be able to do that right from the beginning. That's unrealistic in the sense that it's really hard to sit. I don't know if you've tried this. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really hard to sit down with your thoughts, with yourself for even five minutes. And so if you try to do that and you set yourself up for, I have to do this for 30 minutes or it doesn't count, you're going to really stress yourself out. And maybe you won't follow through with it. You won't do it enough to actually create those new neuroplastic pathways in order to have the results that you want. And so consistency really is key. You have to keep doing it over and over again. And that sometimes requires that you start small enough that you can do it over and over again. So it's more important that you meditate for five minutes every day than meditate for 20 minutes one day, get discouraged because it was really hard, only do it for five minutes the next day, think that five minutes isn't good enough, get discouraged, don't do it all the third day, fourth day you feel motivated because you feel so bad about yesterday that you meditate again for 30 minutes it that's not as effective as sitting down and doing the same thing every single day so think about consistency and think about making your goals small enough that you can be consistent because usually when we can't be consistent it's because we've bitten off more than we can chew I also want to say that I have found it really helpful to have accountability in my routines and the new things that I'm trying to do with my life So for example, I have a friend that I text every day and we tell each other what we did that day for our self-care tasks. So for example, I will text her and be like, I meditated this morning, but I forgot to go for my walk. I didn't do my walk, but I did get my journaling in, that kind of thing. And so if you have to account for yourself (laughs) to someone, that usually helps with the motivation, keeping you on track. At least that's been true for me. It's kept me on track, kept me motivated. And so if you have someone who has a similar goal as you and you guys can encourage each other to stay on track long enough for this groove to form in your brain so that it becomes habitual for you, I would definitely encourage you to do that, to find an accountability buddy. I would also encourage you to have flexibility because again, while consistency is crucial, it really just doesn't work if you're not somewhat flexible because life just challenges us. It throws wrenches in our lives and If we're too rigid, if we're too stuck on something has to be this way, and if it's not like this, it doesn't count, or it doesn't matter, or I've messed up any of these negative self-talk words that we might be using with ourselves. If it's too rigid, it's going to leave us frustrated, it's going to leave us discouraged, we're going to be more likely to give up before we're able to form that, quote, groove that we need to have the combination of wisdom and behavior. Also feel like you can adjust and review your priorities as often as you need to. It's great to have a routine and to love your routine, but if it's no longer a source of kind of growth or support for you, if it begins to feel monotonous or you feel like you're burning out, there's nothing wrong with looking at it and seeing what you need to do to make adjustments. You can absolutely do that. Make adjustments as necessary to have the routine that works for you. Again, whatever helps you to be consistent, do that. And then just a final note on this idea of patience and persistence. Building a new routine takes time. It's absolutely normal to encounter setbacks when you're trying to do it. Things happening, things coming up, falling off track. Just recommit to it. Be as consistent as you can. 
and be patient with the whole process. Persevere through your challenges. It's not easy to make changes in our lives, and so don't beat yourself up if you're struggling to make these changes that you want because again it takes time to form those grooves i encourage you to go back and listen to episode 54 i pretty sure it is called how to make a change and in there i gave a few more tips on essentially how to make these changes how to pair habits that you're doing now with new habits to kind of help smooth that transition for you making sure that your environment is set up for you to succeed If it's not set up for you to succeed, for example, if you're always going to the bar where your ex is at, more likely that you will talk to them (laughs) or that you'll drunk dial them when you shouldn't because they're there. You know, maybe pick a new bar or pick a new hangout. And so thinking about your environment, thinking about the things that you're already doing and whether or not they're setting you up to make these changes. If they're not setting you up to make these changes, that probably should be addressed first. And overall, just giving yourself time knowing that these things take time and being patient with yourself in the process. And so just to kind of summarize it all up, wisdom is not behavior. You're going to know better before you can actually do better. doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It just means that you have not yet created the groove. So don't beat yourself up if you're doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. But you can, absolutely, with consistency, with a good routine, with good habits, a lot of patience with the whole process and just doing your very best and knowing that eventually you will get to the point where the behavior that you want is what you're doing instinctively because there will be a new groove to support that. It's like when we go driving and we don't even think about how we got to the target. (laughs) How did we get to target? How did we get to the grocery store? You drove there without thinking because you've done it so many times and that's going to be true for these healthier reactions in your life as well. You're going to have to do them so many times that they just become second nature for you. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found the episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you through any of my social media or through my email, corey at coreyamshrum.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.